Welcome back, Eigen family. Guys, make sure you like, share, comment, subscribe. As we always say, check out eigenbros.com, eigenbros on Instagram, eigenbros on Twitter, eigenbros2 on TikTok, and Patreon subscribers. Thank you guys, as always. Seriously, thank you. Know, you. We, we greatly appreciate it. You know, um, if you guys want to check us out, mm-hmm. see the Patreon. We do an audio podcast there every week, at least 30 minutes. You know, we'll just ask for a dollar. You guys can check that out. And then you also get Discord access where you guys can discuss episodes or whatever you want. Yep. Um, and, of course, check that out on patreon.com slash eigenbros. And, um, yep, I think that's it. Yeah. Discord's been kind of quiet lately. Yeah, I think that's because we also have not been engaging so oh, much Oh, true, true. Yeah. Well... Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess it's also sort of midterms are coming up pretty soon. Oh, but true, we'll true. We'll you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll yeah, yeah. Please talk to us. We're still <laughs> of this. So this episode this week, we're going to focus on essentially like what it's like. Maybe give give some pointers on marketing yourself as a STEM mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the job market specific- the job specifically. Market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, we've kind of been focusing on graduate school a lot. You know, yeah. and I figured, you know, let's move on to the next phase of life and discuss some more, some, some things about jobs, actually, because, yeah. you know, I feel like it's a little bit less discussed online, actually. I think they, people get a lot on academia and graduate school and even undergrad, and but nobody really has that much out there about STEM jobs, mm-hmm. especially when it's related to physics. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And I mean, just to kind of give you some idea of what the market looks like right now. Um, it's absolute dog. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, no, because I mean, like, okay, like let let let's uh, let's break it down for people. Like the, it's hard to get a, a position in academia. The the funnel, the, I can put a little decent graph of the funneling to academia is like very small, <laughs> super yeah. tiny fraction. The, of people. the barriers. Let's say if you want to become a professor at a university, brutal path. Mm-hmm. But, of course, if you want to do that, don't get discouraged. But there are a lot of barriers to get to that level. Um, you have to wait in a very long line. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But uh, then that leaves the next option, which is industry. Right. Which is much more practical. And that's going to be probably where most of you guys end up if you have, you know, a bachelor's in physics, mm-hmm. especially. Um, or maybe And maybe even a master's. Um, yeah, the, the the industry path is very uh, rife with jobs and opportunities, mm-hmm. and there are many you know pathways you can pick. Yeah, and this is STEM, not STEAM, by the way. Yeah, and, but it should honestly be called. Uh, well, is technology technically computer science? Yeah, right. I guess I don't know, man. Well, science, technology, we all use technology, so I don't know. <laughs> science, technology, uh, engineering, and math. Um, I, I looked up on Indeed here, like what the top ten paying jobs, no, what the top fifteen jobs are right now. Mm. <clears throat> you gonna list them? And the first one is data analyst. Well, actually, this is in no particular order. Data data analyst, uh, seventy three k per year, U.S. dollars. Um, That's the average salary. Yeah. Okay. Um, clinical informa- informaticist. Um, care to give a description of some of these it just well data analysis is pretty vague it's like they work in pretty intersectional industry settings businesses sales marketing product development financial environments but i imagine a data analyst would be looking at data that a company generates right um, about their user base and all that. yeah and then you know interpreting that data and seeing how you can apply it to make more money or mm-hmm. you know what have you 
right increase marginal marginal increases in probably profit or whatever but that can, that can account to hundreds of thousands of dollars if not millions sometimes right right clinical infor- informaticist um, combines computer and information science with healthcare management to facilitate the efficacy of your healthcare environment mm. uh, systems administrator 82 grand um, yeah systems admin is pretty yeah those pretty those dudes, uh, a big one yeah, those that people can be applied across the board. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, those people make a lot of money. Care to give a uh, brief description? They maintain the operation of computer networks. Um, they're responsible for installing and supporting business computer systems and configuring the user steps for wide area uh, networks. Right. So if you imagine like an, I, an IT department anywhere is mm-hmm. going to have a systems admin kind of controlling the network. Yeah. You know, making sure computers are up. Yeah, mechanical. Making, yeah, okay, go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, mechanical <laughs> engineer. 87 okay. grand per year. Right, right. Mechanical engineers, of course, are the guys who are, are hands-on. The guys and gals are hands-on. You know, they do the, you know, repairing of equipment and things like that. Sometimes you can work with high-tech industrial equipment as well. Right, exactly, yeah. They plan, design, develop electromechanical energy converting machines. Uh, and the next one is epidemiologist. 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 Wow, can't pronounce it. 87 grand per year average. So uh, that's, that's very topical right now. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> that's less physics, I would say, but maybe there's a Definitely the medical. Yeah, definitely the, the, I mean, it belongs in STEM for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, uh, they, cover, they study human diseases and stuff. Yeah, like there's, virology. And yeah. Things like that. Chemical engineer, 90 grand per year. Okay, Designs, so chemical engineer. Yeah. yeah. Designs and develops chemical manufacturing processes for industry corporations that rely on the use of uh, or production of chemicals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they they help create efficient solutions for manufacturing and production of fuel, food, medicines, other things that rely on medical processes. I mean, chemical processes. The geologists make ninety one grand per year. <laughs> Scientists who studies the process of Earth, such as tectonic movements, erosion. Stuff like that. They perform research into natural gases, oil, and water. Develop mm-hmm. ways to extract these resources in industrial settings. Nuclear engineer, ninety-three grand per year. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty self-explanatory, right? They specialize in nuclear um, design, development of equipment, instrumentation in the healthcare sector, um, stuff like that. Main- maintenance sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, materials engineer, which is what me and Terrence would probably fall into. Right. We would uh, average 94K a year. That's not what we're making right now. Shit, but, I wish. Hey, if a company's willing to hire <laughs> but to any of us, that'd be nice. They research and analyze textile materials such as plastic, metals, and ceramics to design and develop new materials. Mm-hmm. These engineering professionals test and process various, various materials that manufacturing companies use to make products, including computer parts, biomedical equipment, solar, and sustainability applications, and more. IT managers make 94k a year. Um, yeah, this one's kind of I know I know a guy who does IT stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but information technology integrates and maintains the operational processes of companies' technological infrastructure. What makes them different from a systems admin? Not sure exactly. I think uh, it says here that they they just handle the company information and data systems, directing and managing information technology development and maintenance teams. Huh. Okay. 
Computer scientists, 104k a year. So they're they're the first one cracking the three figure salary average. <laughs> um, big money. Big money for sure. I mean, yeah, computer science. I mean, that's like a given that there's just always jobs in that realm. Yeah, they write and program software, develop applications for mobile and smart devices, develop mm-hmm. websites. Um, Code monkeys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they develop math models. Um, I mean, yeah. Software engineer, 108K a year. Um, they apply math and computer science principles to design and build computer software. Um, yeah, so they help develop applications, including operating systems, games, mm-hmm. business analysis software, network systems, other stuff like that. Network security engineer, 115K. Sheesh. Okay. So the companies can, yeah, they, 115K? Jeez. Yeah, that's a lot. Okay, even more incredibly, network architect, not the one from the Matrix. This one's uh, <laughs> building networks infrastructure and may occasionally perform support and troubleshooting tasks. They work in a variety of settings, including business, financial, and medical fields, implement small network connections in addition to multinational and global network systems. And finally, radiologists, they make 197K a year. Wow. So, what does a radiologist do? Like ultrasound? They diagnose and treat disease and injury by using radiological imaging procedures such as x-rays, computing, Mm. tomography, scanning, magnetic imaging, resonance imaging, ultrasound. Wow, that's a lot of money just to handle that. Yeah. Oof. Maybe I'll become a radiologist, man. (laughs) Back to school. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. See you in another six years. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's a good list you got there. Which one surprised you? Some of the prices, or some of the average average salaries, surprise me. Um, I still have yet to really have a full understanding of the jobs that hit yeah. over a hundred k. Yeah, it seems almost like, mythological to me. Like, yeah, to me, the only jobs I really feel I've seen that are ho- over a hundred k are like the senior positions and things. Right. Yeah. Like just coming out, or the average salary is a little bit. I think that could probably be misleading as well. Yeah, because the average salary already looks at the people, the highest earners and yeah. the, the people coming in. Yeah, so you're not going to be, It's odds are it's very low that you're going to be making 100K yeah. coming out of school. Mm-hmm. Even as a PhD, I think that's probably still a little bit unusual. Yeah, most PhDs, so in academia, you know, if you stay in academia, your postdoc position, you'll probably be capping at 40K. Yeah, maybe 50. Maybe 50, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, graduate school, of course, you're capping around 20 25 yeah maybe 30 maybe if you're lucky 30 if you're lucky yeah. yeah yeah um but in industry i think a lot of the the you know your your minimum's probably closer to the 60 maybe if maybe if you're um i mean you looked at some of the top 10 highest paying field jobs mm-hmm. but um like for instance like the jobs that i look for are more under the material scientist umbrella mm-hmm. but i have looked at some of the coding jobs or some of the physics jobs that require coding, which is yep. more like quantum computing, stuff like that, mm-hmm. they do start you at like 90-something a year. I see. That makes <clears throat> sense because it's also more specialized right. and leading edge. So mm-hmm. that kind of makes sense. You're going to find less people who do that. Yeah. And I think that's generally the case. If you have a field that's really burgeoning, that there's a lot of of room to grow and there's not that many people doing it, you can usually 
bet that you're going to start a little bit higher in, in salary in that sense. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason also why these like Bill Gates and these other people that are like trying to give away like or trying to do coding boot camps and stuff. Yeah, it's because they want to drive the price of that labor down. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're like they want to lower. Yeah, don't their- ever think corporations are doing things out of the goodness of their heart. Yeah, we'll teach you coding. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're like, we'll pay you pennies on, like, compared. <laughs> oh, you don't have any experience, but, you know, we'll. Right. And actually. But it does help you in the long run, but, yeah. Right. There's that, a reason. I think this naturally transitions into, you know, some of the, um, before we get into the marketing, mm-hmm. the, the full marketing stuff, mm-hmm. this kind of transition into pitfall. Mm. Okay. That you, you want to talk about some of the, the things to look out for. In the field mind of looking out for applying for jobs or, you know, yeah. STEM. Yeah, we were going to make that the whole episode, but yeah. I was thinking, I don't know if you had the thought too, maybe it'd be a little bit too negative. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so. But it's definitely something that is useful to know and talk yes. about, I think, because, um, you know, you don't typically get a lot of people talking about it. Yeah, and this is something, I mean, we can probably like, as an aside, it's probably going to be maybe like a 10-minute conversation, yeah. just literally about avoiding the landmines or like trying to keep your eye on things that seem too good to be true. Uh, um, because this is a part of marketing because companies are also marketing themselves to you. Right. Right. Um, and if you, if you see that, if it seems, um, like you're getting the good end of the stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Really start paying close attention. <laughs> right. So do because businesses to- are not trying to give you the, um, an amazing deal. Right. right. You are, the, you are a commodity to them that they want to buy for as cheap as they can. Mm-hmm. Of course, retaining as high of quality as they can. Right. So do you do you want to? I can give my experience. I don't know if you want to go first, but sure. My first experience with this was going through an online recruiter system mm-hmm. at the university that I graduated from. They were like, "Oh, hey, yeah, we'll um, hey, we're really interested in your in your profile." And they reached mm-hmm. out to me, and they they were basically like calling me almost every day, just mm-hmm. trying to get me on the phone, just so they right. can like. Basically say, hey, there's a coding job that we're really interested in bringing you into. Right. If they're calling you every day, that's a red flag. (laughs) (laughs) No job cares about you that much. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, I was like, this seems kind of fishy to me. Why why is this? And then uh, I I Googled it and there were some, you know, there were mixed reviews. Some people were saying, well, it did give me an opportunity. But the thing is, they pay you like minimum wage. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm talking about like scraps like right. ten dollars an hour and it's probably disproportionately low compared to the work you're doing exactly yeah so this is one of these classic kind of like scams you can't really call it a full-on scam because they're they're more like these suckering in new grad new students who just graduated from college especially in the especially STEM programming people. sector and stem people too like i mean yeah. they pull in mathematicians physicists yeah, yeah. Any, just anybody, anybody who kind of has coding skills right yeah so a lot of these times you'll see like these companies like for instance like Revitures one, hopefully don't Redacted. sue us. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. I'll say Blevature rhymes yeah. with Blevature. Right, alleged, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, maybe. Um, you'll see that they kind of want to get in as many students as possible or new people as possible to the job market, and they pay you these minimum wages or not minimum wages, but very low wages to do these enormously kind of difficult projects. And then they have these weird clauses where it's like, oh, if you don't complete this project, then you get shorted a little bit more money. They also have these sometimes contracts where they're like, we'll, 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 
put you through a coding boot camp, but then you have to sign away. You're going to work at this company for X amount of years and you can't quit or else you pay everything back. Right. So those kind of things you really need to look out for, like contracts, especially paying for a job. Those are always massive red flags. Like you'll see, you'll see that all the time with multi-level marketing schemes when they will say like, oh, you just need to pay a down payment of $700 or something to become Mm. your own business, your own business owner. Right. Yeah. You know, (laughs) when a job is advertising all of the, all of the vacation and, and, uh, benefits you get and they don't tell you what you're doing until like the end, always beware of those. Right. You'll see those a lot with like insurance type marketing scheme jobs or those door to door sales or like those ones that you sell the knives. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen all of those and I've, uh, embarrassingly been a part of some of them too. So. Me too, yeah, me too. Trust me. <laughs> so look out for that. Trying to make a quick buck. Oh, yeah, I've yeah. been there. Yeah, when you're real young and desperate, like, yeah, yeah back in the days when I was like 20, yes, yeah, you know, I would, I was always trying to trying to look for those kind of opportunities. Yeah. And, yeah, they're usually too good to be true. Yeah, it's funny. They literally, like, uh, they were like, yeah, you know, we want you in this marketing firm. Mm. And I was like, oh, cool. This is going to be like a, I'm going to be like Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> I'm a physicist and working in, right. working in marketing, and little did I know, it was like literally just like you're just trying to get people to sign really shitty contracts. Yeah, this <laughs> is like oh great, okay. I even had one up here for when I was um, mm-hmm. when I just had uh, quit my fiber optics job back mm-hmm. in the day. Yeah, I worked at this multi level marketing scheme before I knew it was multi level marketing scheme, yeah. where we would sell um, Comcast contracts. Oh, I sold. Uh, Similarly, com- yeah. not Comcast, but another company as well. Okay, like Comcast? Yeah, like Comcast, yeah. Yeah, it was really yeah. shady stuff. It made me really understand how much of a shitbag corporation Comcast actually is, too, <laughs> from yeah. it. Because I was like, oh, Comcast literally just, they 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 let other shady organizations do the shady stuff for them so mm-hmm. that they can wash their hands of any shadiness. Right, like, oh, exactly. we didn't know. Right. I was like, wow, Comcast, they, it real, like these things will help you realize how scumbag some corporations are. Right. And uh, what we would do was we would stand in Walmarts and basically oh, sell. That, I literally did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, we would sell people these contracts and we would yeah. do it in such a sleazy way too or it would be like, you basically like ask people immediately for their social security number and all this stuff and people would actually give it to us. And then you run the background check to see if they qualify. And then we would almost like basically sign them up already while they're standing there and not even asking for it. And then be like, so do you want to pay a credit or card or whatever? And then they'd Mm -hmm. be like, I I don't really know yet. But it's like you would just pretend like, oh, there's a deal right now. And all this. It was really shady. I hated doing it. Yeah. It it would kill a piece of my soul every time I would do it. Yeah. I only I could only really stomach it for for one month before I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. It was it was very hard, like because like you're saying, it's like kind of you're basically sucked into into essentially a multi, yeah multi level marketing yeah. scheme and just it's it's a facade for more kind of roping people into shitty contracts and then like right. It's hard. And to it was get also out of a it. seven day a week job. Was yours a seven or seven? Yes, yeah, seven day a week job. Uh, I was. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. It was a seven day a week job. So that's another thing to look out for when they want you to work seven days a week. Yeah, commission only. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are all red flags. Paying you once a month—that's another shady thing. Yep. Because what they normally do is with the with the paying once a month thing is they want you to only get paid once a month. So you so the people who make all the money in that time you quit before you get your paycheck, so that you don't want to go down to the office and they can just basically take all your money. 
and they don't right. have to pay you it. They don't so, have to write you a check. Yeah, there's so many shady maneuvers. They have yeah. the system so well well tamped down. So yeah, look at look out for all those things. I think a lot of those are kind of stamped out, but nowadays I think the 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 scam the scams are that you pay for to work. Yeah, there. that's another thing with yeah. the with the reverse internship. That one's a real, that's real classy shit right there where it's, you pay for this opportunity because yeah. we're such a prestigious company that you're going to pay us a salary. And this yeah. is a real thing. Like you can actually look these up where companies want you to pay them for the opportunity to work with them. Mm-hmm. That's one of the new scams. We actually yeah. had a, me and one had a, a, a girl come to our door when we were filming the podcast and she actually was in part of one of these things, selling us some opportunity. She's like, bought into it fully saying like, oh, this is a great opportunity. I pay for it. So I don't really make that good money, but Oof. I'm paying for this internship. I'm like, wow, you're paying to do a job. Yeah. That's not a real job, guys. That's a scam. Oh, you don't ever pay to do a job. Yeah. Don't let them <laughs> fool you into thinking yeah. that that's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. And the targets are fresh graduates like yourself. So you guys got to pony up and really understand this. Like, you, you should know as someone who is a young person, you know, our, our young audience, this is what we're, we're really talking to right now, you know, 18 to 22, let's say, like a lot of corporations and, and people are going to be targeting you because they know you're naive to the job market. Right. They know that you'll take shit and you'll take certain things because you don't have the experience to know any better. You know, this is why companies like on campus will be selling 18 year olds credit cards mm-hmm. because they know they can lock you into debt early and mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to get out of it. Right. They know they'll have a client who's in debt, always paying interest. Yeah. So you're a target demographic yeah. for them. The- so you really got to, uh, you really got to keep your eyes open and not get yourself into these kind of situations because they look for you and they target you to know this. Yeah. Sign up for $200. <laughs> Sign up now, you get $200, and it's like, oh, cool, right. $200. You have bucks. a credit limit of $6,000. And you're so poor that you're just like, $200, wow, that could right. feed me for a month if I stretch it out. Yeah, APY uh, of 26%. Right. <laughs> or interest rate of 26%. So basically, oh, they just hurts. put you in mounds of debt. That so, yeah, the, I mean, these are all kinds of shady practices, guys, that mm. this is the real world, and this is the kind of stuff that will be out there. Yeah. So always look at everything with a critical eye. And I mean, graduate schools and academia are not immune to this kind of stuff either. It may not be as um, as predatory as corporations are. Right. But still, I mean, you got to think about grad school. What is grad school? Basically, it's it's like high school um, cheap labor. Cheap labor. Yeah, yeah. Like they pay you a minimal salary and they try to get you to do as many things as they possibly can legally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all these things Without you have to any really. Of the benefits. Right. Yeah. You always have to have a critical eye and always stick out for yourself mm-hmm. and, and unionize, you know, as much yeah, as you, you can, can stick with your team, mm-hmm. other graduate students, other students. Yeah. You know, you got to fight against the people that are trying to basically squeeze every squeeze every ounce of everything out of you so (laughs) always be aware guys you are you are always Mm -hmm. no one is your friend really who who has um leverage over you like that yeah you always have to think of them as a potential adversary yeah there was there was something interesting too that i ran into besides the like 
uh, getting calls from companies that were interested in you. I was like, oh, you know, you feel, you feel like the bell of the ball or whatever. Right. He's like, wow, I'm, they want me. They they love me. They really they like, like me. They really like me. <laughs> and uh, but but like you know, besides setting those aside, there's also companies that well, for instance, there's this one coding uh, uh, company that gets away with using I don't know how how the hell MIT or UT Austin signs off on these things, mm-hmm. but there are certain uh, coding camps that use the name of like MIT or, mm. or these big schools, they get professors from those schools and sort of say, oh, you're in an MIT coding camp for mm. for this kind of thing. And it's like you paid a couple thousand dollars just to essentially take a, a, a sort of non, a, 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 a res, how do I say this? A Like non-accredited? Yeah, non-accredited yeah. certificate. I see. Um so you it's wasted like all this nothing. time paying for something that nobody recognizes. Right. Let's say, mm-hmm. yeah, because let's say you come out to the job market like a STEM student, you know, that doesn't, that didn't do computer science. And you're just like, man, I really need to buff my resume or CV with some coding experience, some coding mm-hmm. projects. Those, those kinds of programs will try to market themselves as the things that will help you right. get to the, get to the job that you want, put you above and beyond. Right. They're selling the ability to give you the skills you'll need to get those jobs. Exactly. And a lot of jobs nowadays will almost require that you have some coding experience in STEM, like, like, you know, especially in physics. I mean, we have that too, but, um, most positions nowadays do require that. And so they're looking for people. And, you know, I had one of these people reach out and it's like, Oh, MIT. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, cool. This is so cool. I get, you know, it it sort of (laughs) seems semi legitimate because, you're required to apply, and the fishy thing is where they put you. They ask you to put a, uh, your phone number in, and that's where. Why? Well, because like there, and then uh, a message of why you're interested in it. Okay. And this is this is uh, uh, this is where it made me sort of click click a little <laughs> bit because um, it made me think. Oh, why would they need to contact me? Like. And so they called me and they were like, hey, we see that you're interested. We like your package, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And they immediately started talking about money. And I'm like, oh, yeah. That's when you know it's Why bad. would you need to call me about, like, usually companies that, like, you shouldn't have to pay for, for, for no. real training like that. Usually, no. if it's like even with school, like, they do do, tr- you pay for your training, but you at least, your certification at least means something. Yeah. You know? School's should be accredited, right? Right. And there's a whole application process that everybody has a standard debt yeah. has kind of standard deadlines for. Yeah. You could check the universities, they let you see the campus sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like a whole process to it. Yeah. And the first question they're not asking you is about how much money you're gonna be paying or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not gonna say Or saying like, are you okay with signing a two year contract, you know? Right. Like these are very major red flags of a scam organization. Yeah. So just be careful. I mean, yeah. other companies marketing your marketing stuff to you as a person in STEM. Mm-hmm. Uh, computer science people will probably attest to this anyway because they they probably need to navigate it the the worst. Yeah, yeah. There's not really that many physics uh, in, industry scammers. There's not enough <laughs> physics jobs. You're getting pulled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So so, but yeah. Yeah, and the other thing, I guess, like marketing yourself. So yeah, marketing yourself as as a candidate, I think I find people, 
I've seen the number of CVs. Yeah. Um, and I've had people do CVs for me and, and just mm-hmm. like, uh, like kind of give me feedback on, on my own CVs and mm-hmm. that I've had over time. The CV I have right now is probably the most perfect it's ever been. Really? Yeah. Cause it's gotten me multiple callbacks and like interviews and like, I'm like, okay, this is, this is good enough mm. for the common denominator. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's like kind of like a lowest common denominator thing. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a number, I'm getting more feedback, positive feedback from this. The one thing that I see comparing my CV to other people that, that have had trouble with this particular thing um, and getting callbacks or interviews is using language that um that's vague or too detailed mm-hmm. um i know that sounds like like a very polarizing thing it's interesting <laughs> but yeah. it, it's like you if you're too detailed you're you're making yourself only look like you're fit for that position like that you right, that you right. worked in um meaning that none of the none of the bigger things translate if you're too vague meaning that you're just too nondescript about what you did and what you brought to the team or to the table, they won't see your capacity for doing the work. Mm -hmm. A good middle ground I found was, you know, always use words like, um, you know, like I, I developed or I, you know, um, how would you say I employed this methodology or did this and, had these outcomes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or I worked towards this goal and I or list the number of hours you did something sure tutored yeah. for right, 200 right, right. plus hours or yeah. saved the company you know several million and whatever right. if you can actually pull those numbers and like back them up then that's that's amazing yeah like I put you know in my I have a research I have a, a sort of a profile summary so if people just are going through the pile, like I just kind of have bullet points, maybe one or two mm-hmm. of just saying like, this is what you get from me. You know, I'm a research scientist, worked as a research scientist for at least five years, you know, mm-hmm. experience, blah, blah, blah. And just kind of go through like what I, what I bring to the table. Like I'm, you know, I have experience in programming in multiple languages, like, mm-hmm. you know, just be be upfront about what you bring to the table and try not to try not to get too caught in the weeds of, of like naming every little thing that you did. Like, you know, if you worked in a lab and did, um, if you like were like a pipe, what is it called? The pipette thing? Pipette. Yeah. (laughs) Um, just say that you know how to do general lab instrumentation and like, um, or sample analysis using PCR. Right. right. You know, don't say that you did, pipetting or something <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i pipetted three droplets onto yeah <laughs> a microscope slide right. every wednesday morning <laughs> too much too much detail and and i mean like my um, here's a nugget of wisdom here what i found was that the interview process is usually the peep there's a team of people looking at applications so mm-hmm. they the way their their interview processes go um they they're they're sitting down and maybe scheduling two weeks or something or maybe a weeks at a time mm-hmm. of applicants and right. so when you come up and they call you when you're scheduled that's probably the first time this team is looking at your cv right 
they're not reading through your shit. No, they H- don't care. HR, it's okay. So when you submit your application, HR looks at your application, says everything looks good. Right. And then they send it to the hiring, they send it to the team that you're going to be working for that more than likely will be interviewing you. And at that point, they will be essentially looking for you in the interview process to walk you through the CV. Right. So, right. For you saying for you to walk them through the CV. Right. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So don't ex- that's what I'm saying. Like, don't expect you need to make it bullet point itemized so easy for them to read. Yeah. And just make sure that you corroborate everything that you've said in the CV when you're in their interview process, essentially walk them through your whole entire CV. Mm-hmm. And, and I found that that's worked the best in getting uh follow up interviews. Um, and I mean, like just, just better all around results. Like they like you and all this other stuff, other stuff comes right. down to references and seeing if you're actually a good fit compared to other candidates. Can't really help that. If somebody's just flat out more, um, qualified, qualified, so, but nevertheless, like, you know, I was always wondering, like, why I never got a call back or why right. I would never, but it was because, like, I kind of assumed, well, I assumed that they saw my CV. Right. It almost was like, why are you asking me about stuff that's already on <laughs> my CV? It was almost like, right. I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I was being very vague in my interview. Remember, process. everybody else is as lazy as you are. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to read through, you know, 30 CVs. So they're just going right. to be like, the guy has all the bullet points. Okay, let's do an interview. Right. Now yeah. you show me. You market yourself to me. Because companies, you're selling yourself to them. They're yeah. buying you. So, right. you know. Exactly, yeah. If you ain't, if you don't have a good, it's just basically put yourself in perspective of the actual uh, hiring people. Right. You know, they want to see that you're the one for the job. Right. So as good as you can, if you can make yourself look good and, you know, you're not over, over uh, what's it called, um, over exaggerating or anything, you know, then there you go. You're, so how, you're good. How what, what pointers would you give? I guess in this in marketing yourself in this process. Well, I think you hit some really good ones. Um, I think one that you should also kind of um, remember to do is also to make sure your resume is built up well. Mm-hmm. So of course, I want to remind people that there are you know um, resources and things. I remember I went to some resources early on to build my resume at undergraduate mm-hmm. college because they actually have like resume workshops. Like mm-hmm. the people will tell you what you need to do to make your resume better. And they usually have some good tips. Like they'll say, you know, when, to put your date ranges on there and like put the ro- the most relevant experience that you have on the first page, you know, format it this way so it's easier to read, you know. So the resume workshops are very useful to go to, especially in undergraduate because they're free. So definitely take advantage of that. Um what else? Um, for selling yourself, I think you actually hit most of the the really critical aspects. Um, of course, you want to make sure you look clean shaven and and you know <laughs> presentable. Yeah. You don't want to be on yeah. camera, you know, just rolled out of bed. I think that pretty much goes without saying. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, you know, the more clean shaven you could be, the better. You know, I had a interview where the guy immediately called me out of my. He he said like, "Oh, that's an interesting beard." And it was oh. the, it was literally I had no time to shave or anything, so I knew it was looking a little bit scraggly. Okay, and I was like, "Well, I know this interview's over." <laughs> so as soon as they say interesting beard, you know, interesting I knew it was anything, over. Yeah, yeah, interesting anything. I was like, "Oh, I know this is already over." <laughs> like that's how quick it is. You can just have that first impression, you know. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure you're all tightened up and looking presentable, that you so that you can actually get, you know, that second interview or that second callback or whatever it may be. 
Yeah, as much as um, as much as it it isn't as much as I wish it wasn't down to just first impressions. It's huge. Everything is down to first impressions. So just try to be. You know, I I, I think in one of my interviews that I feel like I blundered. I definitely went too casual. Mm. I was talking to them like sort of being very camaraderie kind of right, thing. Right, right. Um, instead of being more prof- more professional, I was making jokes about, I don't know, just like th- the question was, how do you, how do you approach routine tasks? Mm-hmm. You know, um, do you feel like you'll get bored? And I said, well, no, every accomplished task is, you know, is rewarding on its own. Like, you know, I don't look at, I don't look at it as like a thing that, um, that it's like, oh, I'm doing the same thing over and over again, and 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 be, and I'm tired of of um, of doing the same thing over and over. It's more like I feel the work and the accomplishment that I did is is unique on its own, and then taking mm-hmm. something away from it. And I was like, I feel like like Thanos at the end of <laughs> at the end of uh, Endgame or something. Uh-huh. I forgot which movie it is. And then I got I got a couple laughs, uh-huh. but then somebody was like comparing. There's one guy in the interview that was just like, "Okay, you're comparing a, a genocide to <laughs> half the Oops. world's population <laughs> to accomplishing a task." And I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm I'm kidding for the record. I'm joking. This is more of like a thing." But I could tell that that was enough to where like maybe the guy maybe I seemed a little too too familiar, too familiar, too yeah. casual, too taking things not as seriously so it, it, right. you have to walk this weird fine line of 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 being professional and that was also an interview where i, I realized oh these people were like i, I kind of feel like i was um they had to pull questions out of me mm-hmm. because apparently i guess i i didn't i was supposed to know that 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 <laughs> that um the interview is where i'm essentially walking them through my cv i always yeah. thought that they read my cv beforehand right, but no right. that's not the case so um and there's all kinds of youtube tips on this stuff as well mm-hmm. like i would definitely like don't just think that you're going to go in there and ace your interview with your magnetic personality right yeah like this is all a game like remember <laughs> institute at the end of the day institutions are always a game so you have to follow the institution rules. If you just read their little fucking syllabus, then you'll get it. Yeah. So all this stuff is laid out in detail in a million YouTube videos, a million freaking you know, um, articles online, blog posts. I would definitely give that a read for a week or a couple of days at least or so, and you'll be way in a much better position, especially if you're a new graduate, like a new undergrad especially, um, or like undergrad who just graduated. There needs to be a, another word for an undergraduate that just graduated. Because when I say new graduate, it sounds like a new graduate student. It does. Anyway. <laughs> just say recent grads. Recent grad, okay, yeah. Okay. If you're a recent grad, then you'll be in a pretty good spot and might even have an, an advantage compared to others if you have done all the due diligence and actually trying to figure out how to get a job and go through the you know rigmarole that they want to put you through. So it's all very laid out and... Um, yeah, it, it's it. There's a there's a rubric to it, so you you shouldn't feel lost if you just do the proper research. Yeah, and and be honest. I, I, my policy is honesty, so I try to just be honest about my limitations. Um, I think I tried. I fell into a couple pitfalls in trying to make myself look more qualified than I was for some jobs. For instance, like a 
I was trying to get my foot in the door with quantum computing, mm. and, <laughs> and and no, in no way was I was I really qualified for that in in this in the sense that I didn't have really the programming there. I did have the experimental um, sort of labor there, the the, the mechanical labor, like me hands on right. work stuff. But the computing and the programming stuff was not there. So I think in the process, I was filtered out because my references, um, I think they they will vet you and they will see like, especially if, if you, let's say you nail your interview, but you go through the references and you, let's say your advisor or something or maybe postdocs and they're just asking general questions. They're going to get a sense of like whether or what not. you did. Yeah. Yeah. And if it doesn't match it, they're just going to drop you. Right. Like, right. You know, so. Yeah, you're not going to fool people on the in-depth technical aspects. Yeah, especially for for these big jobs. Like I can't like I said, I can't I can't fathom that they would skip steps unless they were they weren't vetting properly, you know? Yeah. And they, and they're yeah. going to vet you for these big jobs. I mean, you saw the top 10 lists. These are all very serious positions. Like look, they're not going to skip they're not going to skip steps to hire a nuclear no, engineer. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're going to figure it out probably. Yeah. <laughs> So, if you took one one undergraduate class on nuclear, <laughs> right? Please don't, please don't uh, try to get hired as an engineer or something. Um, but actually, that kind of leads me to the whole thing of the overinflated um, criteria of jobs. Okay, good point. So yeah, yeah. some jobs do have this. While they all do have these nice little vetting processes and whatnot, you will notice if you just go to Indeed. You know, I know some of you aren't even trying to even look at that stuff. I remember when I was undergraduate, I never even wanted to look at mm-hmm. job postings. Mm-hmm. But if you go and check out Indeed and just type in, you know, physics bachelors, let's say, and look at some of the criteria they have on there, you'll feel like the most incompetent son of a bitch that ever lived because they literally, they list like every single skill that they want anyone to have. So it's like, it's like, um, it's like, uh, you know, when you're trying to match with the girl on Tinder mm-hmm. and she wants you to be six, one rich and, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a handsome, nice handsome guy with a chiseled, uh, jaw, you know? So right. it's like, that's basically what job applications are trying to do. Right. So they want to have every single criteria and they have these crazily overinflated lists of job, uh, wants basically so you can't get discouraged when you're applying also if you don't meet every single like criteria so you should see like do i meet a a few of these criteria do i kind of have the general um do i have the general criteria for this if so maybe i'm not maybe i don't have like every programming language on there maybe i don't have some of these other esoteric skills but i kind of think that i could do this job with this general criteria then you should apply Mm -hmm. to it Right, and even if you don't, sometimes apply to it because you never know. Maybe you do, and you just, you know, didn't realize. So, the job, the job listings are definitely usually intimidating because they make they will make you feel like you you have no skills. Like I look at job uh, job applications nowadays, and I've been in, you know, I've been doing physics research for eight years. You know, at the PhD level for four year for three years. Mm-hmm. You know, undergraduate. Uh, for four, four or five years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I feel like I'm qualified for like no jobs when I look at the, when I look right, at those yeah, criteria yeah, yeah. because they just have such crazy, crazy um, listings sometimes. So you can't get discouraged on that front either. You have to try to look realistically and just see if you can start getting in, getting any interviews. 
because once you get the interviews and start actually seeing what they want, then your confidence will grow and you'll start to see what they actually are looking for. Exactly. Yeah. You'll, you'll have to, you'll have to be careful about like navigating that because you have to be really, how would, how would I say this? You have to kind of zoom into their wording because a lot of the time they'll say preferred qualifications or minimum qualifications. Sometimes I'll just skip straight to the minimum qualifications and I'll be like, Okay, like, you know, sometimes we'll say bachelor's with two years minimum or mm-hmm. master's with zero years experience minimum. Right, right. And sometimes, you're like, if you fall in that gray area or something, like, you can just kind of be like, you know, maybe, like, on my CV it says or my resume it says that I have, like, 1.5 years of lab experience. And technically, lab experience extends to your academic experience. So don't don't think that it's just okay. professional, like... And that's one thing that's that, interesting. I haven't heard that take. Well, yeah, my take. So, so okay. What I found was that that these companies look at your lab experience as experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like. But, but oh, oh, but you're not saying like the like not your homework. No, 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 no. Okay, no. that's saying, what I thought you were saying. Right, okay, right, right. Okay, I'm saying like let's say you worked in a lab for two years. That's going to be the plus two, the two years experience yes, minimum. Yes. That's going to go towards that. Don't don't yeah. think that it's not. Yeah, that counts as you've done work right yeah so just and even if you have 1.5 like it's not i don't think it's a hard cut um right you just have to kind of play your cards right and just apply try like right right you may be one of the few applicants yeah Yeah, maybe they'd be desperate they need you (laughs) yeah no one else (laughs) could be could be so i mean a lot of these places do hire like i mean you'll have better chances at places that aren't like sexy quote unquote yeah um, like some random podunk place in Montana Ohio or Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I that's know. a stepping stone. You know, you right. could meet some guy or gal that's like, oh yeah, I got a cousin that works at NIST and we really like you. And then they'll hire you at NIST or something. Yeah, exactly. So you just got to get in the door. Yeah. Once I'm, you can get in that door, mm-hmm. you can bounce around and find your path. You know, it's not going to gonna you be, be linear because anything in life pretty much is not linear, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of like your trajectory. So don't ever try to even predict it or expect it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you just got to find another way, but you know, if you have a certain goal, let's say if you want to get to CERN mm-hmm. and do research at the large Hadron collider, mm-hmm. you know, start working at some podunk lab with a regular particle collider. And then, yeah. you know, find someone who works at CERN. Cause you know, a lot of people who work in these like smaller accelerator labs, let's say even they do research over at LHC. So it's like you just never know. Your route can be – you can get there somehow if you just play your cards right. Right. Yeah, exactly. So don't don't just uh, – I mean, you can aim for the moon, but, you know yeah. – or aim for the stars, land on the moon, that whole thing. Like it's it's very um, it's very possible to end up where you want to end up. Just got to play your cards right. I, I know a guy who took a chemical engineering position uh, for, I think, Procter & Gamble in like mm. – in like, Indiana or something or Ohio, one of, one of these one of these flyover states, <laughs> and I was just like, why would you want to live there? But he was making bank. He's okay. like, I want to save up enough money to move right, into a right. place that I actually find more favorable. There you go. And so, now he also has a good salary to start at too. Because yeah. you usually don't go backwards in salary. No. You know, usually once you've not. made that salary, you like you can demand like I'm, I can make this, especially right. if you already are in a job. Yeah. People look at you more favorably when you're in a job already. So 
they're like, oh, we need to actually, you know, make this guy a reasonable offer. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so be, um, yeah. And I guess another thing, how to market yourself, um, you know, when you get to, when you get to the, 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 the offer stage, let's say you make it there. Let's say you're one of the lucky people. Always negotiate. If you're, if yeah. you go, you know, negotiate your salary, like don't, don't just accept the offer that they give you. Most of the time you can negotiate maybe a 10%. Some people say you can do 10 to 20%. Right. Right. Um, but sometimes you'll meet hard, hard budget cuts. So right. like if you work for labs or something like not, not in industry is like easier to negotiate, but if you're working yeah. for like a government lab, budgets are already set. Yeah. yeah. So it's hard to negotiate that, but, um, right for yeah yeah just try it out i mean the worst thing they can say is no and right i mean there's not like they're going to be like how dare <laughs> right you dare ask us for a raise <laughs> get out <laughs> you know what we'll take this back actually like, <laughs> right yeah. we're going with the other guy who doesn't ask, ask. for money <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> He just likes to work just because out of the goodness of his heart. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> so I mean, just try it out. It's like the worst thing they can say is no. Um, and do you would you really want to work for a company that's like, you know what? Just because you asked, we're we're going to rescind on our offer. <laughs> it's like, and actually, no can be good information because then you're like, okay, maybe these people I don't think they respect my work ethic enough. Right. Or you can say maybe I haven't earned the raise yet, and then you can find ways of saying I need. What can I do to actually get that raise? Right. And other people might be able to help you. Right. Or they might even be able to say like, oh, we want you to be able to meet X, Y, and Z first before we give our raise, or you know, whatever. So right, exactly. there's there's once you prompt the question. You know, the follow-up questions might actually serve you more rather than if you just sat there for X amount of time. And they're like, oh, you wanted a raise? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're you expecting happy. a raise? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> you're expecting a raise? No, this job caps out at the salary that you're making. Right. <laughs> it's like you'd have to apply for this other job and you've just been wasting two years right. or something. <laughs> like just being like, when am I going to get my raise? No. Yeah, it's actually interesting uh, that you bring that up too because that's something I just recently learned myself. You know, because uh-huh. I've been in school for what thirteen fucking years. Right. I um just just got a raise at my job mm-hmm. because I finally asked them. I oh. thought I thought that it would just go up after a certain amount of time. Yeah. And I asked them. I was like, um, "What do I need to do to get a salary raise?" And they're like, "Oh, they're like, oh, you just have to put it in." And they're like, "How much do you want?" And I wanted to, I asked them for a little bit more, and they're mm-hmm. like, "That's kind of high for what we normally do." Mm-hmm. But they're like, we'll see what we can do. And then they got back got to me prove. a few days later. And like, yeah, we'll prove it. So nice. you just never know. You just got to ask. Yeah. You know? Just got to ask. Just got to ask. It's easier in industry. Like if you're working for – like this is why people in academia are working for like essentially government institutions like universities and stuff. Mm-hmm. Budgets are tight. Just, it's yeah. hard to negotiate. You're, it's hard to negotiate a, a, a teaching assistantship, a teaching assistant salary. Yeah, it'd be funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we uh, negotiate this? Uh, no, the money's it's set. Yeah, set. Like, you're not, um, They're like, bro, we don't even give you dental insurance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like, good point. There's no way. Like, there's no way unless uh, they literally get funding from a professor to supplement your income, right, or something. Like, uh, I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, last but not least, I kind of want to touch on like, um, 
maybe any any miscellaneous pointers, mm-hmm. any kind of like additional things that you think kind of yeah. make you stand out in the in the job market, or maybe like things that you should highlight. Well, one thing I would highlight that's a little bit miscellaneous, even in that, mm-hmm. is the fact that um, you know, guys, look at your four hundred one ks and IRAs early. You know, I think uh, it's important to um, think about retirement early on because, you know, compound interest, the earlier you start, the better, right? Mm -hmm. So I would definitely look into your company's 401k plan. That's kind of like the golden standard for retirement across companies where they will actually match usually a percentage of money that you put in. So let's say if you put in um, $500 and the company might match 3% of that. So... Mm -hmm. You have to look at that, though, and actually sign up for it. And that could be a nice little way to get yourself some retirement income. You want to always be saving money and putting money away. You know, even if it's like taking out $20 of your paycheck paycheck every time, you should do it, you know. So it's it's important to save, you know, save your money. Look at IRAs, look at 401ks, mutual funds. There's all kinds of investing once you get into it. You know, you can even go like crypto and all the new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, at least just be doing something that's kind of steady, and then something that may be a little risky. And yeah, just just look, just make sure you're uh, up on your um, investing and all that stuff. Yeah, do your due diligence. I yeah. think like there's um, look into the company benefits, see what mm-hmm. see what makes you or this company stands out. Like what well, working for them. Yeah. Um, let's say you do make it. You know, to, I only applied to companies that I was like or institutions that were more. That would give me better benefits. Right. Um, if they got no medical insurance, why the fuck would you ever apply? <laughs> like, yeah. don't ever apply to a company that has no right. medical benefits. Like, yeah, unless you're really desperate. But yeah, you know, you got to look at that stuff, guys. I mean, that's like so critical. Like, you want to get to a point in life where you're not just like where you have to sew yourself up because you can't afford to go to the hospital. It's like, <laughs> yeah, look, I made a short and famous stint here in the Eigenbros working for the post office. Right. Right. For like three months. And I don't even know if you told the audience that I didn't tell them, Okay, but now I'm telling them now. <laughs> okay. Breaking news folks. If you Breaking stayed in this long, then now you I know. <laughs> yeah, I worked at the post office for a couple months just to, you know, bag a little income, but sheesh was it like brutal, brutal. The amount of hours. Cause yeah. I mean, they're, it, you know, I thought, I thought, oh, you know, you're working for a, a really established institution in, mm-hmm. in the in the states. But the thing is, um, you know, they um, there's labor shortages, right. so you, you know, you worked you work to the bone a lot of the time. You don't really get to take advantage of the benefits. Mm-hmm. So just be careful. Yeah, it's like what you were working seven days a week. So seven then it's like what time do you have to even go to a doctor? <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> when am I actually going to take my benefits? Like never. Um, yeah, this is a government job. So yeah. So it just, can get bad. It yeah. can get bad. And just be careful navigating those spaces too. Like, you know, what I found uh, when you take like a government job, let's say you're a U.S. citizen or something, if you – that can negatively affect you for future government jobs. Let's say if like – you know, I, I heard horror stories sometimes where people mm-hmm. were like, you know, if they get in accidents or something. And more than likely the company will try to find um, – Oh, try to find who's to you? who. No, try to find who's responsible. And let's say like you didn't do something that oh, was standard right. operating procedure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Let's say you weren't wearing the right shoes that day. Mm-hmm. They want that, a shoe reliability. Oh, that is on you. Yeah, yeah that is like, on you. And we're not paying any of your medical because you didn't right. wear the specific shoes. Right, and I mean, 
I don't know, like you have to really do a cost benefit thing, like to kind of look through what the, the, the history of the company is like, mm-hmm. look, go to Reddit, like just, right. Like, you know, right. some people say glass door. What is that one page? Glass that, door where it gives you the salaries, review companies yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Like see what it's like to work for them and, and like, you know, what, what the work life balance is, if there is any, you know, do you want to work for right. a company that takes all your time? Like, right. Right. Um, so just, just, just be aware of that. Um, and then I, I kind of want to touch on like highlights for me. There's, I don't know if I really just, um, nailed these to the ground, but mm-hmm. I do want you guys to walk away with some wisdom here, some shared wisdom. And that is mm-hmm. like when you're, when you're marketing yourself, um, especially in STEM, make yourself look like a person who's, who's an analytical thinker, like try to reflect that as much Mm -hmm. as you can. Um, that you're somebody who can pick up things really quickly. You work at a pace that's like, you know, always moving industry loves people who, who, who can, who can they, who, who they can sort of apply their skills to multiple projects. Right. Right. So try to make yourself seem like, these your skills translate mm-hmm. you know don't don't just kind of hone in on details of you know of things like try to make it general enough to where there are skills that translate across discipline right yeah just think of it like dating guys it's, it's, <laughs> it's the same game right like you want to try to sell your best attributes mm-hmm. so that Maybe they'll sleep with you. <laughs> well, in this case, they'll give you a job. Well, technically, yeah. I guess like they'll sleep with you. They'll literally, you they'll pay you to sleep with them. So, <laughs> any any final any final uh, points here? Um, that you want to hammer home? Shoot, I don't know, man. I think that's I think that's probably it. I mean, any experience that you might want to relay to them that it's like you know do this, hmm. maybe do's or don'ts. Man, I don't know. I think that's. I think I got mostly covered. I guess. The, I guess one is just you know pick a cool place you want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I've said that before. You right, guys, check, you can check out some of the other episodes we've had on this kind of similar know, this thing. kind of stuff, similar things. Mm-hmm. We've had a few episodes on it, or we'd give some other tips. Um, but yeah, I think we said it mostly. You got any things? Yeah, I would say don't don't um, don't go for places that give you tests. Tests. Yeah. You mean a, a job that gives you a test? Yeah. Okay. Do they usually do that? Some jobs do. Like, they give you tests, right? Hmm. I think it's kind of fishy to me. If you're thinking of, like, certificates, that's a little Like coding jobs? I think that's a little fishy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But certificates is straight. Right. At least you get something to show at the end of the day. Like, I would say rack up certificates. Oh, true. If your job pays for your certificates, try to get as many of those as you can. Because, I mean, that translates so easy to other jobs. It's like, it's proof of concept that you actually Mm -hmm. can do certain things. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, you know, some of these certificates suck to pay for on your own. So yeah. if a job is paying for that, definitely go for that. Yeah. And I think that's it, folks. I think that's it, folks. Make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. Check out iGamBros.com, iGamBros on Instagram, iGamBros on Twitter, iGamBros2 on TikTok. And then patrons, thank you guys once again. Thank Check you. out patreon.com slash iGamBros. Me and Juan do a 30-minute podcast. Mm-hmm. If you guys want to sign up, we just ask for $1. Check it out. we got a bunch of stuff on there, you know. I think at least over a hundred podcasts on there I think now. Nowadays, Audio yeah, podcasts, probably. yeah. I think that's the last time I saw. So, yeah. I think it's definitely well worth the dollar. You know, check it out, guys. Thank you, folks, and we'll talk to you later. All right, later. Peace.